Hey, just a note before we get to the show. We've been doing this since 2016, and we think it's time for us to take it to the next level. So we're going to be doing a live Edible Alpha here in Madison on April 1st. And I'm really excited because we're going to be taping interviews live. Paul Willis, the founder of Nyman Ranch Meats, is coming. The founder of Iroquois Valley Farmland REIT, Dave Miller is coming. We're going to also be having some young up-and-coming entrepreneurs, Mike Costello and Amy Dawson from Lost Creek Farm. There are going to be lots of ways to join us. One way is coming on an airplane and joining the live event. Another way is in the future, the podcast interviews that we tape live, we're going to have on our show. And we're also going to make it possible to do viewing parties. So if you want to get a bunch of people together and watch all of this, you're going to be able to do that around the country. If you're interested in doing any of that, uh, reach out to the Food Finance Institute or Edible Alpha, get in contact with us and we'll get back to you and help you organize your event. And now on to our show. Welcome to the Edible Alpha podcast series, your source for actionable insights into making money in food. I'm Tara Johnson, the Tara's Way Lady, and we're here to talk to a wide range of stakeholders about what it really takes to grow a financially viable food business. Well, hi. It's so good to see you. Thanks for coming to the studio today. Hi, Tara. Hi. Hello. Hello. So why don't we start? These are old friends of mine, so they get. we're going to start by having you introduce yourself. So, My name is Dale Johnson, and I'm from Pulaski, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And your company is? Company is Century Sun Oil. Yep. And I'm Pam Johnson, also from Pulaski with Century Sun Oil. So I, did did we know each other before Century Sun? I'm trying to trying to remember, because I, I think- I believe you met Pam at a seminar up in Green Bay. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, and you, Early and on. you, Dale, had, had been, you've been working at Westby for a long time, Westby Correct. Creamery. Correct, Westby and Saputo, yep. Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah, we just didn't cross paths in both of our dairy days right. for some reason. Right, right, right. Right, because Westby was one of the cheese factories that we took away from. Right. So correct. Yeah, so I was, you were, we were both working with Westby at the same time, but we never actually overlapped. Correct. Yeah, craziness. Yeah, yeah so, um, so you were a dairy farmer, right, to begin with, yes. way back when? Yeah, I'm uh, actually, well, we're still on the dairy farm that I grew up on. Um, it's been in our family since 1882. The wow. dairy barn is still there, uh, albeit we've uh, <laughs> we've repurposed it for doing our current project, which is certified organic uh, sunflower oil. Yeah, yeah. So when did you stop? When when did you stop milking cows? Uh, Long time I sold ago? the cows in uh, the fall of 1997. Okay, and were you ever an organic farmer? Or? Uh, yes, I started into the organic world in 1995, started my transition. Funny thing is, is when I did finish the transition and um, started, uh, had my first organic certificate, that's when I sold the cows. Yeah, right. I, I know that, that sounds a bit bizarre, but... Uh, uh, my ambitions at the time were to raise uh, vegetables. The organic uh, production system method is very conducive to raising uh, very high quality and high yielding, as I mm-hmm. learned. 
uh, vegetables. And there was some there were some local canneries up in the Green Bay area that also were looking to do that transition. So I uh, I got tied up with a couple of them, and it was uh, it was great. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Yeah. So you did your vegetable phase, and then what happened? Uh, what happened was that uh, the success of our little organic industry back in the day led to the larger players uh, in the uh, vegetable world to step in and um, buy up all these little canning com- oh, canning factories. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the downside to that was the corporate mentality was about uh, more on the production side in the factory, not what works best on the farm. And that led to a lot of us uh, producers losing our contracts. Even though I was one of the bigger producers, we had about uh, uh, 250 acres of vegetables that we raised for. That's a lot for vegetables in Wisconsin. Uh Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So so you you went away from organic vegetable production. Is that when you joined Westby or Uh, right there? no, actually, I worked for um, OCIA, which at that time was the the world's largest organic certification oh, company, sure. uh, based in Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And I ran a chapter for them here in Wisconsin. And in between that, I had to kind of switch up what I was doing on the farm. I went into more of a uh, uh, hay and small grains. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the day, the 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 dairy farmers that required uh, uh, or what they were looking to purchase was not sweet corn and green beans and, and peas, which right. is what I've been growing. So I switched to hay and corn and mm-hmm. soybeans and all the wonderful crops that... Uh, all that, organic. That, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was, yes organic. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Interesting. So one of the things I think people find, well, I find interesting is you people think that farmers are kind of not that entrepreneurial, you know, and maybe a lot of the lot of mainstream commodity farmers, you know, you do corn and beans and you do corn and beans and you do corn and beans. But one of the cool things about the entrepreneurial organic folks is that they they've experimented with a lot of things over time and and you know, something works for a while and then it stops working and then you start something new and so that process led you eventually to where you are right now right which is the yeah you know one of the biggest things it's amazing what happens after you sell your cows because when you when you milk cows it's you know twice a day 365 days a year right and it's rare for you to get off the farm and when you get off the farm it's like a vacation and you you go away but after i sold my cows i went to a lot of seminars around Mm. the country and what I immediately found was that the organic world, the organic farmers in that world are very open to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. And they will tell you what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. On the conventional side, all my years of going to co-op meetings or whatever, not so much so. These guys, everybody huh? was very guarded. And if you asked them about their production, while well, it was the best crop ever. Mm-hmm. When you know darn well it wasn't. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. that's just the way that mentality seemed to be. Mm-hmm. Whether it exists today, I, I, I don't know. Right. 
But the organic world is a very, very open and sharing at that time, especially mm -hmm. because everybody was, it was so small and everybody was just trying to figure this thing out. Right. Everybody was kind of winging it together right. and there wasn't a lot of formal support and in extension and other, you know, institutional oh, support. No, so extension was uh, yeah. zero. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. We were just, we were still being ridiculed, laughed at pretty much all the time. <laughs> Pretty much all the time. There you go. Uh, I think in, on the press side of it, I think the Rodale Press was about the only, uh, mm -hmm. they had a magazine out there called The New Farm, which was amazing as mm -hmm. far as information, only because there were, we had nothing to compare it to. It was good stuff, but it was earth shattering for yeah. us. So. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? All right. So somewhere along the line here, you just started sunflower oil so what what made you think of doing sunflower oil at oh boy that is a question that probably could fill the whole two hours of your uh, of the <laughs> podcast, podcast yeah. but uh short and sweet um you know we have a facility that we used to milk about 80 cows back in the 80s and 90s which mm -hmm. at that time was a relatively large operation uh when i got into vegetables Back in the middle to late 90s, um, uh, we had uh, noticed, because we did also, in addition to doing for the canning company, we also uh, grew for a farm market. Mm, we, had, mm -hmm. uh, we had a farm market along the interstate. Um, that was your own? That was our own, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah, well, a sidebar is uh, in 1996, um, they had built a four-lane road right through my farm. Oh, so they yeah paved paradise, right? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what it what it did is it it took a one of my fields, which was eighty acres, which is a nice size field, and it and it tore it up into eleven different sections because yeah. they they di diagonally went through it. Oh, so what it what it was is that they created a an opportunity to to do vegetables on a smaller scale because you have smaller fields. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, from that, we discovered that we could very uh, readily raise a lot of vegetables, which yeah. we sold a lot of vegetables. But also, um, we needed uh, space to preserve vegetables mm -hmm. for our family unit, for our working workers. And um, uh, so we, we actually developed a part of our barn into a uh, shared use kitchen. Huh. or a state certified kitchen mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um that's where we did a lot of our our uh, uh value added at the time and then mm -hmm. uh from that uh you have a license to do just about anything with food and uh the barn was relatively underused and you know as a as a as a farm boy mm -hmm. you know you say well i, I can do i got to figure out something That'll work for that. Right. We, we gotta we gotta do something. So right. Out of that, did some research on. I originally was interested in biofuel. Uh huh. And then working with the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection, they um, came out and you know we started going back and forth and found out that we could do uh, food grade oil production. Hmm. So that basically is what we um, focused on. Hmm. Mm -hmm. hmm. 
So you went from biofuel, the idea that you're going to do biofuels to adding more value by doing food grade. Correct. Because you were organic, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, so did you raise the sunflowers in, initially? Initially, we did. Okay. Yes. Yes. On one of our small fields along the, in, along the interstate outside of Green Bay. And mm-hmm. um, as you can imagine, uh, sunflowers are not all that popular even now yet in, in Wisconsin. And... Uh, we had a lot of people stopping along the interstate oh, taking pictures. Taking and, pictures. Oh, yeah. it was uh, it was quite the uh, it, it was quite the scene. And what people I think people don't what I find so fascinating about sunflowers a field of sunflowers is how they turn to face the sun right so yes. the whole field the heads will turn during the day yes, it's such a do. crazy thing <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it yeah. makes me think of the Tour de France, you know, the, that that bicycle race because yes. they drive through yes. the French countryside yes. where fields of sunflowers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. So, Pam, when did you start getting involved with all this? Uh, I moved to Wisconsin in two thousand six, uh-huh. and worked for a, had worked for an agriculture publication company out of Kentucky. I'd been there for about 20 years uh-huh. uh, or 15 years at the time. So moved here in 2006, still did my job traveling. And when we knew we needed or wanted to do something else in the barn to utilize that space. Um, mm-hmm. So we had been to a farm show in Oregon. I think that's when you first talked to the guy yep. about doing that's, sunflower yes. oil mm-hmm. at a farm show. Mm-hmm. And so we, in 2009 then, we started that first crop of sunflowers and started playing around with it with some very small equipment. Kind of, what, three years, proof of concept, we, we got down and... Yeah, it took a while. Yeah. It took, took a while. There's no yeah. manual for this, Tara. There's no, no manual. No, there's no manual. Darn. Yeah. There, I know. There's no instruction manual. Yeah. 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 So, um, so you put together some real small-scale equipment in the beginning? Yes. Yeah. 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 And um, and did you sell to consumers right away, or how did you st- sell? In we the sold beginning? right away. We did sell at some farmers markets, uh-huh. and actually, a couple of stores picked us up right away uh, with just a you know case here and there. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's what we did. We did some some trade shows and things mm-hmm. like that. In the, in the uh, at that time, beginning. not really distribution. It was all pretty much um, direct sale to someone, and then. Uh, one of the distributors out of uh, Minnesota, St. Paul, picked us up. Mm-hmm. Co-op Partners. They were the first distributor right. or larger to pick us up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, what been is, selling still still through them still today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what is it about sunflower oil that makes it a good oil? Well, the the seeds that we have that we press are very specific. Uh, they're very comparable to olive oil as far as the health benefits mm. in that they're a monounsaturated fat. I see. So they average 83 to 86% monounsaturated <laughs> and omega-9. So it does make for a healthier oil. And it's naturally high in vitamin E. So it has a little bit, uh, a nice shelf life. Mm. Not doesn't go rancid. Uh, interesting. Um, our, our, um, the way we process is a little specific. It is cold press. Uh, we're not refined, so we mm-hmm. don't heat it. It's not refined or chemically treated, but it, we do um, a double filter. It goes through 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 two plates, um, series of plates for filtration. Mm-hmm. That's the only refining that we do. Interesting. So it's very natural taste. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So you can taste sunflower-y, You can right? taste the yeah. sunflower. Yeah, and it's a beautiful color, too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. 
do you do you so initially you were growing all your own seeds and now that's not true anymore do you do you work with lots of farmers now right we have a we have a nice group of of uh, farmers most of them do grow for us every year depending on how it fits into their rotation Uh, sunflowers do fit very well into the uh, organic production system method because it's a great it, you know, as people I'm sure understand, you can't grow the same crop two years in a row uh, because of soil health. And an organic farmer then needs to look at diversity on his farm. Mm-hmm. And even though sunflowers uh, is a row crop, um, it 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 fits well in between. Uh, guys are telling me corn and soybeans. Hmm. So they'll do corn and they'll do corn and then do sunflowers and then do soybeans or vice versa something yeah, like that. Yeah, somewhere in the, yeah, so, somewhere in there. Yeah, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there are there are some uh, uh, viruses that are in soybeans that you don't want to get into uh, the sunflowers, but I've I've not experienced that. Hmm. You know. Okay. So I, but when you're rotating a, a different crop every year, and one of our biggest growers, I believe, he does a, uh, he's got seven different crops that he Whoa. rotates on his farm. So it's it's just another crop that fits very well mm-hmm. for him and and pretty much all the guys that are doing it. So mm-hmm. and acreage acreage does vary every year because of how it fits in each of their um, uh, production you know, systems. But uh, so that's something we have to deal with on a yearly basis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So is, does it, is, are sunflowers kind of like small grains in a, in a rotation or they just would no, maybe something else? No, a, a, actually sunflowers are, are much closer to corn, although they really don't feed as heavily as uh, corn would do. Okay. They're, they're not a heavy nitrogen feeder. Okay. They do respond to uh, better fertility, if you will, sure. whether it's whether it's on a farm or if you want to push, so to speak, uh, sunflowers, they will respond to fertility. And mm-hmm. I think we've seen that, um, especially this year um, with the added moisture. Uh, one of our growers is a is an agronomist and he had some amazing yields on his... Um, on his sunflowers because he did you know put some you know amendments on the soil that uh, that sunflowers like uh-huh. but ni- it's not a heavy nitrogen feeder mm-hmm. so Interesting. it's not a heavy feeder uh the guy that really got us going into this and he's from oregon um i was looking at some other oil seeds camelina canola those mm-hmm. kind of things much more difficult to grow in the Midwest because of how they need to be dried in the fall of the year. And mm, you, could you imagine trying right to do that this now? year? Yeah, forget wow. it. This year would not have happened. Yeah, and he said he said to me after talking to him for you know a couple of years actually. Mm-hmm. He said he said Dale, just go and plant sunflowers. He mm-hmm. said you've got all the equipment. You know, Wisconsin farmers have all the equipment that you need. Mm-hmm. And he said, and besides. Don't forget, sunflowers grow in North and South Dakota and, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the western part of Nebraska. He said, these things will grow on a rock pile. Mm-hmm. So he said, don't don't overthink growing sunflowers. Right, They're an right. easy crop. And Interesting. not that anything is easy, but um, mm-hmm. they've proven to be, you'll always get something on a sunflower right, right. field. Interesting. And this year was 
incredibly wet here in the very upper Midwest, wet. both very, in very spring wet. and in fall. Mm -hmm. And you said you had a record crop this year? Yes, we uh, did. Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's so funny that your face, you had this look of, you know, horror on your face. It, when Whenever you do these brands that are supply chain, tied to a supply chain, right? I tell people you're either going to have too much or too little every year. It's yep. never exactly yep. right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so ironically, people told you, like we think of sunflowers as a dry, uh, it a is. dry, you know, it, it, something that dry land crop. Dry land crop, and yeah. here we had all this rain, and you had all you had right. more than ever. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, I, is it just the variety we plant around here? Or? No, no, no. I I think it has to do with sunflowers. Is one of those. Uh, it, it's one of those crops that seems to be like a scavenger. It'll grow on on whatever you give it. Oh, interesting. And okay. you know that's not really true for corn and beans and pretty mm -hmm. much anything else. Because if you look um, where a lot of these are grown, you've got some uh, you know similar areas in western Nebraska and north and south Dakota, you know, they'll try and put some wheat out there once in a while and they'll get maybe 20 bushels of wheat. Mm -hmm. Just something. It's it's better than bare land. Right. Where sunflowers you you you'll get a decent yield. Mm -hmm. hmm. You know, it's, it's not a it's not the highest value crop that a farmer's going to grow. There's right. no doubt, but you will get something. Yeah, interesting. And and okay, so you um, as your business grew, you had to develop relationships with other farmers. So yes. like how many, I, I don't know if it goes up and down year by year, but roughly how many other farms you work with now? Uh, I think five. Yeah, five, five six. six. Mm -hmm. We've had others before, We, you know, in areas where, especially if you get north of Green Bay, it, it gets more sketchy. Yeah. You know. Uh, shorter growing season. Shorter growing season. You know, you're getting more towards... Uh, the Bay of Green Bay or Lake mm -hmm. Michigan, and, and you get more moisture just mm -hmm. in the air. Uh -huh. And of course, a shorter growing season. Right. Uh, these things are affected by frost, so mm -hmm. um, you want a you, you want a growing season, albeit it is a shorter uh, maturity crop than mm -hmm. you know pretty much corn and soybeans. But um, um, it it they they're very adaptable. Hmm. And uh, although the farmers probably weren't happy with some of their yields early on, and uh, so most of our uh, sunflowers now are grown probably uh, uh, south of Highway 29 across the state of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. You know, in the southern part of Wisconsin is a wonderful place to grow. Mm -hmm. Well, pretty much anything if you think about right, it. Right, 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 right. Because the land is so gorgeous now. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. So, okay, so you're working with these other farms, and um, do you like have conversations with them in the beginning and of the, you know, in the in the spring about how much they're going to plant or how does that work? Yeah, that's all of our crops are all of our sunflowers are contracted, um, you know, even right now. Although it's much later this year, but they're already looking at next year because mm -hmm. you gotta you have to access your supply of seeds for next spring already. Oh, right. Yeah. And they want to know what to get, and mm -hmm. in general the the variety of sunflowers that we have our farmers plant, it's not always readily available. Mm. And if you have to go back to a plan B of accessing that variety uh, on a conventional basis, they must be untreated. And okay. most companies, most seed companies will treat 
all of their seed stock for next year uh, in January. Oh, so, so you have time, to buy them before that yeah. for, for organic production. Yes. Interesting. Okay. And, and do you, do you have one variety that you like the best or? It, it, yes. Well, it, it's a specific variety. It's called a high oleic variety, oh, uh, which okay. creates That's... a certain, um, oil profile that, uh, that is great for cooking and, and everything else. There are a lot of varieties of sunflowers most of which are an omega-6, which mm -hmm. is salad dressing and things like that. You don't want to do a lot of cooking with it. Right. But this is, is a much different oil profile. And uh, those are the seeds specifically that we have to plant. I believe there's only a couple of companies that we're aware of at this point in time that, uh, that do this. Um, uh, produce the seed stock because it's not this is not a variety that you can just shell out the seeds from one year and put them in a planter the next year mm -hmm. that yeah, is it, won't work yeah, that it way. is it is a very hybridized seed mm -hmm. and it it I've been told it has 12 sets of parents to mm. get it to get so that's a that's a it's very a difficult mm -hmm. thing to do out in the field right mm -hmm. and you know just right. so everyone knows there's there there are no genetically altered uh, Sunflowers. Oh, okay. So that, you know, I, I as a sidebar, uh, it's probably seven, eight years ago, um, Monsanto sold off their sunflower operation. Oh, well, that was fortuitous for you. Yeah. Right? Well, it, well, it, it, it just, that it was, was a sign. It was too small for them, right? It could be too mm -hmm. small or it could be that they couldn't play right. with the seed. Right. They couldn't, they couldn't alter it because right. it was too difficult or whatever. Whatever. Right. Yeah. And it was probably about market penetration. Yeah. And, yeah, and the market yeah. is too niche too, and they yeah. didn't little. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes those big companies, when they get really big, the opportunities start being too small, mm -hmm. you know, so they sure. let them go, right? Sure. And that created a great opportunity. So that's interesting to me about, because that means your brand is, has this uniqueness about the, the, um, fatty acid profile, right? right. Because mm -hmm. you you have this variety that you use, so right. it isn't all sunflower oil that's high oleolea. Correct. Yeah. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. All this time we talked, I didn't realize that was just you. Interesting. Oh. I mean, I I thought you it didn't was know like how unique we were. I didn't too. know how unique you were. <laughs> now I know. This is interesting. Yeah. Okay, so um, so you contract with people for a contract, yep. um, and that me that means provide surety <clears throat> to your farmers that you're going to buy them. Right. And then what happens if they produce like this year where they outproduced what that you thought they would? Like you do you contract for the a field or an amount well, or how we, do you do that? We contract acres. Okay. And you know our experiences shown us what we will expect to receive mm -hmm. um uh, you know this year it was one of those years where you know uh, you didn't i was afraid to call farmers during the year because well you know you could uh you might get some nasty answers because right, no one raining. was in a good mood this year no. because of the weather and the, yeah but um uh everyone that i had talked to said you know that they look pretty good they seem to be doing pretty well mm -hmm. and when when they did come in this year and uh 
semi-load after semi-load after semi-load. Oh, no. oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, it, uh, the when there's here. a line out in your barn, you're going to be like, oh dear. They're sitting in the road. Sitting yeah. in the road. Oh dear. Yeah, because they all harvest at about the same time, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so let's, let's just say my phone got very hot with calling my organic neighbor friends saying hey do you have any empty bins around because i need to rent them for a while and luckily uh uh, found a couple and uh we they're all full right now i'll say that yeah wow okay so it all comes rolling in then what happens so so now you're gonna bring when you bring the seeds into the um, into the processing facility, what? How do you process? So you were saying you cold press. There's meal left over, right? So you get right. oil after you press. Right. Well, and we then you get we, meal too. There's a process of of uh, cleaning them and then mm-hmm. monitoring moisture. They have to be at a certain percent moisture to oh, to get okay. a real good press out of them. And uh, so you, I, I guess you'd call it standardize them as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, when the moisture's right and and uh, everything's right, then we fire up the press and mm-hmm. away we go. So are you pressing now? Yes, you are. Okay. So it, it, so this were the seeds moi- have more moisture this year because it was so wet. You or? know, funny thing, Tara. Uh, I, I no. Huh. They actually came in as dry. We were nervous. Oh, yeah. We were extremely nervous. I bet you were. Yeah. Like, I'd be thinking mildew in the bins yeah, exactly. and all kinds of... Yeah. yeah, I was already looking at uh, calling up my local co-op to make sure there was enough LP gas to oh, sell no. me. Oh, no. Right. Because <laughs> uh, we had to dry them uh, one of the years. We have a kind of a high-tech bin that we put mm-hmm. up a couple of years ago. And um, it will dry like five semi-loads of seed at a time. Wow. And... Uh, but it'll it'll suck a 500 gallon tank of LP gas in just a few days. Right, so, yeah. right, right. You don't want to run that a lot uh, if you can avoid you have it. To. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they came in uh, very uh, as dry as necessary. We still ran a little air on them just to kind of clean them up a little bit. But uh, very uh, very strange, I'll call it crop uh, huh. right now. It just. Well, it could imagine. bode really well for the future if, because people say we're gonna, this moisture thing is gonna continue around here. So, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's funny because when you look out to where uh, the sunflowers have been grown historically, North and South Dakota, mm-hmm. this uh, I've been understanding that that's not necessarily dry land anymore. Oh, I've talked to a few growers out there who said they've switched the corn and beans because they can. Wow. So whether that's good, bad, or whatever it is, uh, it, um, it, it, it's I find that quite interesting to yeah. see how things are changing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. All right. So it comes in. You dry. You dry them. Then you press them, and you have meal left over. What Correct. do you do with your meal? The organic meal goes uh, when it's separated at the press. It goes out into a. Um, uh, room that we built specifically for that and which is dry and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know just one big door to load it out of and it, it goes to um, organic uh, dairy farmers chicken farmers and uh, we've got some local hog guys that say the pigs love this stuff interesting so it's a relatively still high oil content meal mm-hmm. uh, Protein is in the low 20s, so it's not a high protein, but it's not 
you know, like a like a corn or anything like that either. So it's it's a it's a it's a nice crop. It's got a lot of sugars and waxes in it yet, and mm-hmm. animals uh, animals love that. Yeah, it does yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So you know, it's lucky that you're doing this in a dairy state, right? Oh yeah, right? and there's livestock around oh, to eat yeah. this stuff, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, so the meal goes out primarily for feed. Yes. And then, um, and then the oil. So you have, you have both a bulk business and a consumer business, branded business, right? Right. Right. We sell all the way from eight ounce sizes up to totes. Uh huh. But we do sell a lot in fifty-five gallon drums. Um, that's probably our biggest biggest mover right now. Mm-hmm. And, and where do that, those go? Those those go some to feed companies, uh-huh. uh, feed mills. Uh, also goes to cosmetic industry, and it does go to restaurants and food service. Mm-hmm. So they go to all different aspects as well. It's so interesting because we think about oil, and I don't know me. I'm thinking, you mm-hmm. know, consumers, mm-hmm. right? I wouldn't even right. think of these other things. So. So cosmetics, what do, what do cosmetics companies use oil um, for? A lot in soaps, uh, lip balms. Soaps huh. and lip balms, I think, are two <laughs> of the largest. And there's a, a big push now for uh, in cosmetics or, or skin care with oil-based products. Uh-huh. So there are a lot of oil-based, and nearly all of those do have the hyalic sunflower okay. oil in there. Yeah. So very moisturizing. Very, uh, very moisturizing. Very Interesting. Okay, so so and they'll take they'll take these drums, right? To... They take uh, typically drums, and we also have a, a fairly large amount of cosmetic that uses it in the five gallon, mm-hmm. the five gallon sizes to get started, mm-hmm. and then a lot of food service uses the five gallons. One for it's easier to handle, but sure, yeah, yeah. for dr- salad dressings, mm-hmm. marinades, mm-hmm. stir frying. Mm-hmm. Is that is it like olive oil that the um, the heating temperature you have to worry about that? It, you have to worry a little, uh, but it does take a higher smoke point it than does, olive oil. Than does. olive oil, yes. Mm. yes. We have uh, restaurants that use it in their deep fryers now. I think they keep their deep fryer at maybe about three fifty, and they're okay with it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, an- animal feed. There's a animal feed market for the oil too, right? Correct. Yeah. What are they doing with that? Do we know? Well, we don't know, except well, we know it's some type of a binder, yeah. but they are very specific about wanting the Hyolite variety as well. Right. Uh, it has to be. They, they specifically mm-hmm. request that. Well, there's, there's feed meals now that uh, because of the uh, response, to, the negative response to uh, soybean, uh, feed meals have gone away from, from soybean, oh, whether it be oil or the soybean yeah. itself because of the the embedded, you know, the, the phytoestrogens, and there's right. apparently some embedded toxins and things like that mm-hmm. too. Um, so uh, they're looking for other oils. Canola oil works, mm-hmm. but um, organic sunflower oil is uh, is one of them that 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 they choose to use. Mm-hmm. So we're happy about that. Yeah. So there, and this is for organic dog pet food. Dog, mm-hmm. I would assume dog food, dog and cat, or I think you know? it's going mostly for for larger animals, horses, oh, okay. cattle, okay. pigs, the, all right, things like that. Chickens I'm, especially. Chickens seem to be able to chickens. handle that much that much oil, oh. uh, mm-hmm. much much better. And it really there was a there was a study that we saw. I don't remember the country it came from, but they were they were they were oh, yeah. do, they did a nice study. Uh, correlating these high oleic oils into what it does to the egg for the layers. Oh, I think that was and Japan. It, it re- huh? 
think it was Japan. Japan, mm, I think totally. so. And it and it and it told of how much darker the yolk is, and of course, pigmentation has a lot to do with the minerals in there, and, sure, and a lot of things like that. But uh, the omega threes and nines just just skyrocketed, which which really makes uh, eggs, which are, in my opinion, quite healthy already, makes them even right, right. much more healthy. When mm-hmm. the darker the yolk you have on a on a chicken is uh, is the kind of eggs I like to eat. Right, that's for sure. It's an indicator, right? It's of, an indicator. It's an indicator. I always look <laughs> yeah. at that and think beta yeah. carotene or yeah. something, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But that's interesting. So, did you ever? Re- I mean, when you started this, did you realize all these markets were there, or is that something that you just sort of like? How did that happen? I don't think we did. No, yeah. no, we did. You could be honest. I'm not gonna lie. Most of, yeah, right. <laughs> no, no, we most were thinking. Most of us start our thing that we don't know. Like there's this not knowing thing about being an entrepreneur, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's so. what I learned from you in the first seminar I went to with you at Green Bay. Yeah, <laughs> see, I learned great. that. Yeah, see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's well, we right. I remember seeing you. Yeah. yeah, see, we we thought that if we couldn't sell it in any way, shape, or form as food. Um, well, there's always biofuel. Right. Oh, right. We, we can always fall back on that. Right. We can always burn this stuff, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Except that the the value to your organic oil, right, is oh, yeah. way higher. It's, it's much higher than, than diesel fuel. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And two, we started out small. We so did. we have grown gradually. So mm-hmm. those mistakes we made earlier were not. Yeah. Extremely costly mistakes. Right, right. Which, you know, in agriculture in particular, the, you know, you, the scale of the mistake can be pretty big. You know, I think that people people don't realize that, I think, mm-hmm. about agriculture. You know, if you're mm-hmm. going to have a grass-fed beef herd or something, you don't start, I mean, maybe you have one or two that you direct market, but then mm-hmm. if you're going to be wholesale, like you got to have a truckload, oh, right? Yeah. So yeah. if things go bad, it's a truckload of bad, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. When you mm-hmm. take, and I guess that's the way I was born and raised on a farm, you know, you, it's always nice to be innovative, but you know, uh, try a small step first, take mm-hmm. a small step. Because if you slip, it's not a big fall. Right. You know, you jump to the top of the ladder thinking, man, you got this figured out. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> it's not the fall that gets you. It's that sudden stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you do you guys raise any sunflowers anymore? Or are you completely sourcing from other people right now? Yeah, not at this point. Because right. um, it we've gotten to the scale where uh, for growers out there, we... we ask that they would deliver to us at least a semi-load. Right. So that's about 25 acres or okay. so. Okay, all right. Yeah, so I, you know, we we love all the small farmers, but I really can't, we, we, we can't deal with a, a five too. acre or a three mm-hmm. acre or a six acre. It mm-hmm. just becomes a, a, real, a, a real hassle for us and right. we're, you know. Right, the I'm, logistics are hard for it, you. Very hard, yes. Yeah, yeah, that would make, complete sense well and for the harvesting too if correct they don't have harvesting equipment close by it's oh right yeah you know for so can you use a corn picker to pick this stuff or what kind of harvesting Um, equipment do you need you know the the biggest the fanciest combine in the world will do these amazing uh, old combines work i've heard just as well if Uh they're set up properly 
but you do need a specific head mm. that cuts mm -hmm. the heads off, does not strip them down like a corn head would do. So oh, it, it is right. a specific head. And um, uh, all of our growers have their, their specific heads for their mm -hmm. combines. Just clean them down well, like mm -hmm. the organic uh, people demand. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, they're easy to harvest. I've been told by combine operators that they're fun to harvest. They're fun to harvest. They're fun to harvest. They smell amazing when oh, you harvest them. Oh, I bet them. they do. And uh, so the heads are dry when you harvest them. Oh, or they're they bone dry. They're bone dry. Bone so dry. their heads are facing down, and their the right. whole plant is dry. Right. By the time they've yep. harvest, yep. yeah. Okay. They're not pretty anymore when we harvest. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> not to move in and facing the sun anymore. None of that stuff. No. No. But yeah. the nice thing about a sunflower when it when that head does dry up and tip down. Mm -hmm. Um, they shed water very well. Oh, yeah. So they that... will dry down quicker than corn and soybeans will mm -hmm. dry. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a it's a nice crop. Um, uh, in general, the farmers that are that are growing for us and want to bring them in off the field, they will plant them a little bit earlier, and they'll get them off the field. It'll be the one of the first crops that they harvest in the fall mm -hmm, mm -hmm. before they have to get into their corn and corn beans and or beans, whatever else they yeah. have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was driving around the countryside this weekend. They're harvesting corn this, I know, wow. right? And here we are almost Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. been bad. It's very scary. It's very scary. Yeah. yeah. It's not good. Yeah, I don't know. Was that true up by you, or you've got snow? I don't know. How you uh, yeah, we had we've had a couple feet of snow already up there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's yeah, it's kind of that's you know, kind of crazy too. It right? is. Oh yeah, yeah. record right. record. Yeah, um, it's kind of melted down, but there's there's a lot of corn out there yet, yeah. and corn will hang on to moisture for a long time. I've drive the other thing driving through the countryside the elevators. <clears throat> I have never oh. seen them steaming as much as they've been oh, yeah. this year because they're trying to dry Those everything. Those dryers are going They're day going and night. like crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah, with the lid up in this. It it's almost looks like a spaceship, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so yeah. crazy. Wow. Yeah. 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 And okay, so you're, um, you're in distribution now, right? Mm -hmm, so you right. work with co-op partners and, co you have, partners and other distributors too? We or? do have some other distributors. We uh -huh. work with Burns Cheese uh -huh. um, out of Wisconsin. Uh, then we work with Trust Local Foods, a smaller uh, Wisconsin distributor, and then Local Foods out of Chicago. Okay. Those are our main ones right now. Uh, Elegant Foods out of Madison also mm -hmm. distributes some for us. Mm -hmm. So we still do some direct sales. Uh, a lot of our sales, especially to the feed mills, are all direct. Right, and, right. Uh, then we sell to business. some uh, chicken farmers, or I guess you call it chicken farmers. Those are, are mostly direct accounts as mm -hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So looking into the future, where, where do you think you're headed with your business? Well, we're, we're looking, when, when we look at our numbers and where our biggest growth has been uh, this year, it's, it's in the drums and the five gallon sizes. Uh -huh. So that, that is a mixture of the animal feed, mm -hmm. the feed mills, but also the food service. Right. So that's right. where our focus is gonna be. Moving forward. Yeah, so retail is so hard for people. I love retail. Right? I love the brands. Yeah. But yes, it's, you know, it's very hard. difficult. Yeah. Very time consuming. Mm -hmm. Very costly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you have to promote, right? And, and Promotions. You know, this whole high oleolaic thing, mm -hmm. there's a lot of education around that, right? For There is. Yeah. And that's what we realize in, in our retail segments 
where you know we could go if, if I could go into every store every spend all my time in every mm-hmm. in stores telling every person that came through there why it's good for you mm-hmm. we could have sold a lot but right. you would have to do that on a regular basis and it's just not um, for a small company like ours it's just not cost effective mm-hmm. or practical at this point to do that mm-hmm. uh, we tried one of the larger nationwide distributors um, and it just wasn't a good fit for us at the time. Not saying we won't do that again down the road somewhere, but uh, the cost of the promotions was was very prohibitive for us mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, and the good <laughs> thing about the food service is that you don't, you still have to do some promotion, do. but it isn't as much, right? Right. right. Yeah. Well, and I, I, another hurdle there too, Tara, that we run into is the um, uh, the medical field and also uh, people that uh, dietitians and that are really not up to date on what mm-hmm. an omega-9 is or, mm-hmm. or uh, the monounsaturated they know a little bit but it's generally thought of out there as uh, sunflower oil is generally thought of as an omega-6 yeah right and that is true to most of the sunflower mm-hmm. oil right. but it's not true to ours so yeah. To educate everyone like that, it's very difficult, especially when you have a doctor or a dietitian saying, "Well, no, you should not. You should not cook with sunflower oil." Right. And they they just they're unaware. So mm-hmm. how do you how do you how do you break that? That's mm-hmm. that's a that's a difficult hurdle to to jump over. Mm-hmm. And for, we've had that happen with oh. with, with physicians and dietitians sure. and. Um, another organization, the Weston Price Foundation, oh no, you can't use sunflower oil for cooking. We show them our labs because mm-hmm. we do have our oil right. tested. Yeah. We show them the labs and they're like, oh my, we didn't know there was this type of sunflower oil out there. Right. So right. we educated those few people, but then to educate the whole right. planet is, is <laughs> not oh, yeah. feasible. Yeah. Oh, and and I, we are still in the Weston Price uh, we are. They uh, they did approve us. that they do for oils that are very healthy. So mm-hmm. we did Good. we did change one person anyway, or one yeah, entity one organ anyway. Entity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's a slow process, it right? Is. And I think it. This is such a good example of because meat is like this too, right? Depends. You know, beef can be good for you or bad for you, depending mm-hmm. on how the animal is fed, right? Mm-hmm. And Correct. and so we have a whole world right now is like, oh, we're beyond meat. We're gonna just eat, you know. I look at those labels and think chemical feast, you know, why oh, would yeah. I eat that, right? I oh, mean, yeah. eh. um, when in fact, if you eat grass-fed beef, it's the same drill, right? The, the fatty acid profile is completely different. Completely different. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So this is like the next frontier, I think, in terms of nutrition for people is to understand that it's about how the how the meat or the sunflower oil was grown or produced that produces certain health profile of the of the meat or the oil, right? Mm-hmm. It's not intrinsic necessarily to the to the meat or the oil itself. Right. Re- it's the next mm-hmm. frontier, right? I think you guys are on the bleeding yeah. edge, right? Good, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So okay, so you're gonna be growing the the you know, sort of bigger bulk side of your business and um, and you have enough room on your farm to do all this? Um, yes, we have room. <laughs> that was a tentative, we have, yes. <laughs> we have room to grow. Uh, uh, I, I think it's, it's all about how big do you want to get. Mm-hmm. And I think for 
Pam and I, it comes down to we will maximize what we can do mm-hmm. on our farm. We'll we'll next we'll let the uh, the next uh, uh, people mm-hmm. take it to another level if mm-hmm. they so choose. Because mm-hmm. there's always you know we we have a lot of infrastructure on the farm and uh, there's always bigger equipment to buy. Right. You know to make it bigger, better, faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I've probably to the end of what I would care to do at my age right, and, and right. just let, let, let the younger generation say, right. yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. going to do this better than you. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm good with that. So too. on that <laughs> note, are, are you bringing in the, the next generation? My son is involved. Uh-huh. Um, he is, uh, he's taking uh, uh, the role of helping Pam more than, than helping dad, which okay. is a, which is a very intelligent thing to do. <laughs> Because is that just to make works better for the family it, relationships? Well, it does, or? It, it does in that um, production is production. I've been in, you know, uh, egg production my whole life, milking cows, doing this, doing Once it's set up, it kind of pretty much runs, it. say runs itself, but it's mm-hmm. turn the switches on, watch things go. You know, it doesn't take, it doesn't take, you know, uh, a lot of... Uh, intelligent shall mm-hmm. we say mm-hmm. to do that which right. is why i'm doing that <laughs> which is why so you're you know. doing it okay <laughs> yes, but eric is he's been a, a great asset for us he he helps us with the numbers he's a numbers guy so with the forecasting and predictions and uh keeping us on track that way with what mm-hmm. our yields how much are we going to produce and then between the two of us deciding okay where are we going to sell this and mm-hmm. when and Helping with that, so we work very well together on that aspect of it. So, right. and, yes. and my daughter's a, a green chemist. She was a green a chemist. Green chemist. Uh, one of the first students in the United States to graduate with a degree in in green chemistry, out uh-huh. from the University of Massachusetts. Okay. So, and uh, what is green chemistry? Uh, well, that's I really is that don't a good know. Question? Other, <laughs> that's a really good question. Uh-huh. Other than I was told that you're using nature to. Uh, to clean up nature, so to speak, oh, rather than using harsh More chemicals. chemicals. Yeah. Right, right. Interesting. So uh, she's uh, my daughter's a, a very, uh, she's our highest unpaid uh, consultant. Highest <laughs> unpaid, right? <laughs> she obviously has her own career, so uh-huh. but uh, she helps us out with a lot of filtration problems, how to read tests that we do, and, mm-hmm. and what to test for, and things right. like that. So right, right, right. she's very she's very up on that and very. Uh, very educated on that and knows uh, and still there's things that stump us all mm-hmm. That's what so what's been stumping you oh <laughs> like like how the seeds were not moist how how yes. are the seeds right. not wet this how year it, with yeah. all that rain. right with all that rain why their moisture yeah. wasn't higher uh, just yeah we just crossed our fingers till we got our tests back and they were great and they yeah, were great they were fine you know, we're, we're we're. It's those heads. They're down. <laughs> I guess, right? I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. 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 I I was at a um in a meeting last week. There was somebody on it who presented who was doing um um cover cropping, but also but multi species cover cropping and planting corn into the cover crop. That kind of yes. cover cropping. Yep. Um, and he he was talking about how the moisture retention on his farm has gone through the roof. He had pictures of his farm 
like he took a picture that was his neighbor's farm who was conventional and this cover cropping system and in the same picture Mm -hmm. you know gigantic puddle and you know I mean not puddle I mean you know small pond Mm -hmm. on this field right and nothing on his and he said one of the things about his farm is since he's done this is it's just retaining so much more moisture yeah in a good way in a good way yeah 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 not in a bad way the 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 soil carbon increases because it's not escaping Mm -hmm. and um uh whether it be rain or nutrients or anything if they don't leach out uh, right it holds where on a a, when it's really dry there's still going to be moisture coming up to that plant i saw that you know through my years of farming different crops and just saw an amazing change in the soil in As just a few it. years. Yeah. Oh, it it happened so fast. When you pull yeah. the chemicals away, and I was a chemical farmer mm-hmm. for a long time, did right. my own spraying and mm-hmm. did all that stuff. And and boy, what a difference to see how the soil, and it tills easier. Uh, you know, I, I actually tilled less and did a much better job back yeah. in the day. Just, it was it was amazing to see that. Yeah. Interesting. So anyway, that's my, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a theory or not for me or supplying farms, but they're that because the, your organic farms are probably doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so they're that the soil itself is more capable of handling all the moisture. Yeah. We'll go with that. Go with that. Yeah. That's a theory <laughs> that anyway. Makes sense to me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Have we, we've covered a lot of Territory, we miss anything that you think people would be interested in? I don't think so. The the our the variety of oil that we have, it is very versatile in cooking. Like I say, it's mm-hmm. versatile in cooking, uh, the cosmetics, and then the animal feeds. So we are very fortunate that the product that we have is is versatile like that. Yeah. Well, I guess there is one more thing. That is the filter. The filtering. filtering. So right now, um, what is it that you have it's to? It's pressurized filter plates. We right. have two different machines. What ten and ten in one plate and ten in the other. It goes through those twice. Mm-hmm. And there's no chemicals. There's no clay. Right. There's no charcoal or anything like that. It's just the filter media. So and that's why I'm trying. What is the word for refined? The, refined. Yeah. It's not so refined. It's not refined. And and you did that because you didn't want to have to put right. it through another process. So. Right. It, uh, do you see yourselves having to refine now? Uh, possibly, if we could ever figure out exactly what refine means. <laughs> right. Right. There's a lot of different um, attitudes about that. When people call us and ask for refined oil, mm-hmm. of course we're we are organic, so we don't use the chemicals. Right. Um, so. So how do other that like if you get I don't know organic olive refined olive oil or something? How are they doing it? We don't know. You don't. I know? mean, I just be quite honest. We've yeah. tried to research it. I've asked people. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't. You know, the people I've asked don't know either. So mm-hmm. it's like a big secret out there. But oh, if you put that yeah. refined, bleached, and deodorized on there. Mm-hmm. Is, are the three things? Yeah, I mean, there's filtration media that you can use. Um, a lot of it is not able to be used certified organic. Certified organic, yeah. And uh, uh, the industry itself will, uh, good luck finding an answer on that. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to do some experimenting, which we, we are playing around right now with, with mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to see if we can, um, because a lot of clients, a, a lot of 
companies are, are, are getting what they believe or are being told is a uh, refined product. Mm. And yet when we look at some of this stuff that they're buying that is refined, boy, it sure don't look like it. Is it from overseas? Is that one of those well, things you uh, think? There, uh, there's a lot of sunflower oil. Coming in from overseas, Coming in from right? overseas, yeah. yes. Ukraine, Argentina are some of the Russia's, largest ones yeah, mm -hmm. that we're seeing. Right. Yeah. And those are the ones where you're seeing it says it's refined, but you're not really right. convinced people, it actually is. Yeah. And a lot of the people that do want refined are the production, larger production cosmetic people, mm -hmm. larger production food service people that are making, you know, bottled dressings they want it to be consistent right. they want they it to look and smell and taste mm -hmm. exactly the same every time right so that's what it is yeah. and if hopefully we will uh, we will find our own definition of refining mm -hmm. and get it down but we won't the product that we still have that we have now for retail that's going to remain the same because mm -hmm. people love it and mm -hmm. it's a good product yeah um and we don't sense. want to and we don't we won't buy um devalue the integrity of our product right. by, by using chemicals in it, so. Right. Well, in, in organic, you can't really right. use chemicals in no. theory right. anyway, so no. mm -hmm. I don't know what the, what is the organic standard for oil and refining? Can you, I mean, uh, is it just another pressing step? Is that what you can pretty do? Pretty much, a, you know, a, a pressurized filter plates, uh, mm. but to add, you anything that you add to the oil to um, run through a filter and take it back out that will take out some impurities or mm -hmm. something you're looking to take out waxes sugars whatever um, that has to be a naturally mined product and hmm. if you do the media use, does yeah interesting if you do that mm -hmm. you lose uh, your your connotation of hundred percent organic mm -hmm. you can still say it's certified organic but only because you cannot guarantee that you're taking out every single molecule right, of what of, you're putting in. Right, so right, they, right. it's still certified organic, hmm. but you just can't say 100% organic. 100% organic, organic yeah. So. Huh. yeah. Crazy, yeah. crazy. Well, this has been awesome. Thank yeah. you so much for coming and visiting well, us. I think us, it's a, it's such a great story of of innovation on a farm. I love to hear. And every every time we run into each other or you come to a session I do or something every couple of years, it's it's mm -hmm. been great to watch your the evolution of your business over time. Well, we tell everybody you've been a huge part of that because uh, guidance is uh, one of those things that. Uh, Every entrepreneur, even though we won't admit it, mm -hmm. but we need it. Mm -hmm. We need guidance. We need a little bit of mm -hmm. steering in the right direction, especially in, in some Welcome of the to the Edible Alpha podcast series, your source for actionable insights into That's making money in food. Helpful. I'm Tara Johnson, oh, the Tara's Way yeah. Lady, yeah. and we're here yeah, to talk well, to a wide range of stakeholders well, about um, what it really takes to grow yeah. a financially oh, yeah. viable yeah. food business. Absolutely. Damn, that was good. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can get more podcasts by subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And you can learn more about Edible Alpha by visiting our website at ediblealpha.org.